Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Tom and Ziggy are here. Uh, yes, do you like sir. the way I say luxurious? There's a little pause. Well, it's, it's yeah, I love it. You know, greetings, welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. In the luxurious, there's a little yes. pause there. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, for, it's for emphasis. Yes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so, uh, I think "blessed are those who have luxuries" is one of the beatitudes. Isn't um, it? Yes, no. I, I, <laughs> if there was a, it would be like "blessed are those who sit in Naugahyde," and that's where we are. <laughs> this, this is this is our luxury uh, is Naugahyde. So it's fake luxury, I guess. But it's you know it's nice, pretty comfortable. So, I, I, and you know what, my heart goes out to the Naga that gave his his the life. Poor, yeah, for the this. Naga. <laughs> he is no more. So um, it's extinct. So anyway, all that aside, that's really stupid, and we wasted a good a minute. It's gone already. We don't have that much time left, so let's hurry. Uh, no, I actually have uh, – we have a great show planned today because, um, I don't know, we live in a world that, that, that cries out for answers. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think you'd have to be blind. Twenty twenty has been a little rough. I think it has been a little rough. I mean, just obvious over there. And you can you can can actually start in twenty nineteen, and you can actually go back to twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen. You keep going back, and there was nineteen sixty. Yes, well, you can go beyond that. There was this time back around I don't know one. There that was back then. It was kind of difficult. Um, and the thing is, there's just a lot of challenges out there. And a lot of times people are like, I don't know what to do. And we want to hunker down. We want to hide. Um, and we're not sure what, what, what the answer is or, or how to deal with all the stuff that's going on in the world. And it just it sort of made me think about, you know, why I like being Catholic. Uh, and it's not always the first thing that comes to mind. But it's like I started thinking that, well... I think that as a Catholic, I, I've got things at my disposal. I, I got things that are presented to me as options that not everyone has. Mm. So if you're outside the Catholic Church, you don't have um, access to certain things. And because I, I started thinking, like when I was seeing some problems that were going on in the world, I started thinking, you know, well, I, I need to go to confession. Uh, I need to go and receive the Eucharist, and. I'm thinking, thank goodness I was baptized. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness I was confirmed. And I, and, I, and I think about the fact that it's like, well, wow, thank goodness that I'm actually in a church that does that. Mm-hmm. Because you're an encounter with the living God. Amen. And so, so, and you know what? It's how we encounter him. Because I, I would not say that um, uh, like one of our separated brothers and sisters, one of those churches, like a Protestant church, does not encounter the living God. Oh, sure, of course. Right? They do. But I, it caused me, uh, and your point is well taken, because it caused me to actually think about and ponder what is my encounter like, mm. right? And as I sit and think about that, I start thinking, okay, this is where I belong. This church is where I belong. I mean, I, I don't know, Tom, do you ever stop and think like, you know, sometimes politics and things will kind of maybe give you a little bad taste in your mouth when it comes to like church stuff? And there's a part of oh, you yeah. that might think, because I know we have friends who have had problems with the church and have yeah. uh, you know, voted with their wallet or their feet or whatever, and they kind of 
they kind of went somewhere else and 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 uh, you know God love them and I, and I and I pray you know for those who have kind of sort of left but at the same time I think I, I could never leave no Mm-mm. and the, and the reason I think I could never re- leave and I think the thing that's most profound to me is the sacraments amen and so as I sit and think about it and I think about like well let's talk about the sacraments now I, th- I think that you know we're preaching to the choir to some degree. So all of our good listeners on all the stations at EWTN, on Relevant Radio, Ave Maria, uh, Guadalupe Radio Network, you know, you pick the radio network uh, for those who are listening on our independent stations, for those who are just listening on uh, Apple, the podcast app, or, or going to the web and listening, wherever you are, um, as, as you're listening, I think most of you are kind of already in the Catholic camp. Mm-hmm. But I think even amongst our Catholics, we sometimes forget the great power that is available to us. Totally. Right? And the great, the great mercy, the great love, um, and really just the great, as you'd said, presence. Mm-hmm. Right? The, 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 the presence of God in our midst in, in a profound way to experience Jesus in this profound way, the sacraments. And so it made me think, like, you know, the sacraments are um, the antidote for every evil. Yeah. True. I mean, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Now, before we were we were talking, before we doing the before we turned the the microphones on, mm-hmm. Sam uh, had mentioned something. He does his best work off mic. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't know if people recognize that. So, as much as you might like him here, he's way better. He's just so much better uh, when we're not recording. And it's always in a Cockney accent. Which is just... <laughs> I like the Dr. Seuss aspect of your speaking. That I, that's my favorite. But you pointed out. Um, in Ephesians, because mm-hmm. we were talking about um, like the 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 ills of the world, yeah, the sin, the problems, and and you you rightly pointed out a, a beautiful uh, verse from Saint Paul's letter to the Ephesians in the sixth chapter in uh, verse twelve, where he says, "For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens." I mean, essentially. We're fighting a supernatural battle. Yeah, we're not fighting um, human generals and human. Uh, I mean, I, we are, but that's not the root, right? That's not the root of of the evil. Not the root of the of the problem. Right. And well, so, it, if we're fighting, if we're fighting a super, supernatural ba- uh, uh, enemy, mm-hmm. we've got to have a supernatural weapon. Well, I think the devil loves to try to distract us from that reality. You know, that's why he, his his playground is so often drama. He tries to get us to point fingers at one another, blaming one another, and forgetting the fact that ultimately the it's we need to be pointing the finger at the devil. Yeah, and, you know that's that's and 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 making a point to rid him and his influence from our life and from the those that we love and, and from our nation mm-hmm. through prayer. That's the battle. Yeah, amen. And so, uh, what's so beautiful about that is that I get choked up too when I when I say those kind of words, Sam. So the the, be- the beauty of that is that the answer, I mean, the answer that supernatural answer is actually in our church. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, it's, it's what separates us from the vast majority of all other churches. In fact, uh, um, we're the only church that's got all of these seven sacraments in this way. And I want to make a caveat to so all of our Eastern Church. I'm including you in this. 
right? And I know that there's there's differences between the East and, and the West, right? Between the Latin and the Eastern Catholics. A controversy. Yes, we don't want to go there. But my, <laughs> my point is, um, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm looking at Catholic and Universal and seeing that. Um, so, uh, yes, our Eastern uh, brothers and sisters, uh, beautiful, beautiful, and that all seven sacraments. But the key is, outside of us Catholics, outside of us, there's a few churches that have a few sacraments, but their understanding is not the same as ours, right? And so I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about that just a little bit so that people, even our Catholics who regularly attend Mass and they do what they're supposed to do, they make sure the kids get baptized, they make sure the kids get confirmed, they make sure they've got the First Communion, certainly, they make sure that they go to Communion, and we go into Mass every single Sunday, and we go down this, this litany of things that we do as Catholics, but I think sometimes we take that for granted, Oh, yeah. What you're doing here, Deacon Jeff, is super important because a lot of our Catholic brothers and sisters lose sight of the gift that's actually present in the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And they start finding themselves saying, gee, you know, I don't really feel fed. I don't feel entertained. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have a lot of sort of laser light show approaches to to worship that people feel amped and they feel jazzed by. I have to think with a year like 2020, with so many just in wild things happening in the world and troubling, difficult, disturbing things happening in the world, I'd have to think that going to seeking out sort of the good feelings approach to worship may not really resound with somebody in the same way of getting that, that Holy Spirit booster shot that's made uniquely possible through the sacraments, that, that direct encounter with our sacramental Lord Jesus. I don't know. I think a good laser light show. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking I couldn't. I didn't hear anything else you said. I heard laser light show, and I'm lost, thinking oh, lost you at laser I'm light. Good. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Huh? I, you know, I've, I'm a guy. I have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> no, I I couldn't agree with you more, Sam. Other unless we could come up with our statues and have like those Disney animatronics. You right. know, wouldn't that be nice? We could do that, like the, well, we the living get, dinosaurs and stuff. Well, this get the sacraments gets past the good feelings. It's not no, about you're, that. You're, you're right because what you start to realize is the substance of the sacraments mm-hmm. right and so the substance of the laser light show i mean we're using that as our as our, our benchmark there or the substance i was joking about animatronic statues and things to attract people the substance there you've lost it haven't you <laughs> sorry well the, you, uh, you, no, cheese is coming to mind you know I mean, like a liturgical so, version of that so i guess what i'm saying is I, there's a difference between the substance of Eucharist, yes, and the substance of a really good spiritual song, yes, right. So the substance of the song can be beautiful. The subject of the song is beautiful, and it points us. It's like a pointer that directs us to God, and that's good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, mm-hmm. so I want to stress that before we start getting into arguments about what kind of music and all that stuff. Right. The the but 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 a song points you to Jesus. The Eucharist is Jesus. Mm. And so there's a there's a huge difference. And so I think a lot of times we focus we end up focusing on the wrong things. And so and so I, I think it's important that if we look at uh, at what is a sacrament, we start realizing why they are um I, I don't want to say underutilized, but I maybe underappreciated in this day and age, right? And so so much so that they're almost like the the lost miracles mm-hmm. of the church. And so every time we have to say it like that, the lost miracles. That sounds good, doesn't it? Get that movie announcer. Voice yeah, going. it's just like in the world, in the world. Yeah. Well, but the but the point is, I think um, if we understand fully what we're in, what we're engaging and encountering mm-hmm. in a sacrament, now suddenly, whether it's bad 
audio or preaching or uncomfortable pews or whatever the bad light show right exactly no no laser light show whatever the thing is we like it's like okay it would be better if we had those things or or we it would it would be nice to be icing on the cake but the reality is we we need the cake first yes right right? and so we need our jesus cakes i mean we do (laughs) literally need uh we need that and so so and you know and and that's the thing we we've we've sort of we've kind of forgotten what a sacrament is and what the importance of a sacrament is so we i want to when we come back we've already blown uh, this first half of the show uh i shouldn't say blown because we we did some good stuff there were a couple of good things in there i'm hoping yeah yeah we'll have to wait for the reviewers to to let me know what errors we made sacramentally and uh uh, theologically, but we'll find out. Uh, all that said, uh, we're going to take a break, and before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. All right. So with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? St. Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite Monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lisieux. Toward the end of her time in the convent, she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. 
Little everyday things done in great love can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, still sitting here, haven't moved. Uh, Tom Dorian's here. Ziggy Rodriguez is here. That's me. And we are talking about the sacramental antidote to everything that is bad. We are indeed. And, and I, I, you know, it's kind of funny because, uh, I should say funny, but it's kind of one of those things I do all the time when I'm teaching RCIA on like the first night, when I'm talking about like, why is there a church? Why does it matter whether we're Catholic or not? And, I, and when I ask the question like, why do you think there is a church? Why did Jesus establish a church? Because he clearly did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I mean, it's, he obviously established a church. Why did he establish a church, right? And when I ask that question, I get every answer under the sun, right? It's so uh, to take care of the widows and the orphans, to so that we're all sort of singing praise to God out of the same hymn book, so uh, that we're given guidance how to live life. It's, and these are all right and good reasons for a church. But I'll always help them understand something. It's not the main reason why there's a church. And, and, and if you, to, to find that, you have to look at what separates us from all the other churches, the vast majority of them anyway, and that is the sacraments. That essentially, um, the, the church was established essentially to dole out the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So based on what we talked about in the first half of the show, uh, and the idea that you know St. Paul was telling the church at Ephesus that, look, your enemy is Satan. Yeah. Your enemy is supernatural. Your enemy is the devil, the evil spirits, right? That's who you're fighting. It's not each other. It's not this man-made whatever problem and issue. You're fighting evil. And so when you hear that, then you find out there's a church that's filled with sacraments that essentially is administers those sacraments. That's its job. Then you start going like, well, what are these sacraments? What's the difference also between a person in the physical world dealing with all the sufferings of the physical world, say, reaching out to the spiritual world saying, oh, Lord, you spiritual Lord, I hope that you'll come into this physical world and make changes, versus we're in the physical world, but God is too. God, the incarnation of Jesus, he continues that incarnation by continuing to physically uh, share the, the our world with us and share himself with us in this world through the sacraments mm-hmm. that's a very powerful thing that can't be over overstated right and so again so when we look at the definition of, of a sacrament yes right we essentially see the incarnation yes right we see the enfleshment of god so the idea of in incarnate or in the the incarnate lord right jesus taking on flesh being born as an infant you know in a manger that whole uh, Christmas thing is important because of that the, the incarnational aspect of God being spirit and becoming one of us mm-hmm. and dwelling among us and walking with us, right, to be our Savior, and then to continue to be present among us in, in that way. So it's like, oh, wait, so these sacraments, 
I mean, they're like little incarnational nuggets. I mean, they're, they're 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 like tasty treats that are essentially you're it's it's not it's not just a tasty treat. It's essentially you're partaking of the divine nature, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's what's profound about the sacraments because, like, you know, if you're looking at the Baltimore Catechism, Tom's got his out. He's got a pocket edition of the Baltimore Catechism, and he whips that thing out every once in a while. And, and if you ask him, like. Tom, Tom, what is the definition of a sacrament? Tom would tell you <laughs> that it was a, you know, it's, well, in a nutshell, it's an outward sign, right, that, that denotes or contains with it an inward grace, right? Essentially, it's an outward sign that has an inward reality of grace. Instituted so, by Christ. That's right. So it's this sign. Thank you. Baltimore Catechism. So, so I'm here for you. So there's this, this outward expression or show. So there's like something that you see, touch, feel. Right, that appeals to the senses. You you see it. So, I like to describe it as something of creation, something that was created by God, mm-hmm. that essentially is consecrated, blessed, set apart, and in some cases, the substance of it is actually transformed. Mm-hmm. Right, transubstantiation in the case of U- Eucharist, but essentially then is is utilized to convey to us to feed us with God Himself, with divine life with grace mm-hmm. right and if you stop and think about that that's like hmm do i want a hostess twinkie or jesus i mean right. it really it comes down to that it's like do i want something that is substantive not only just substantive that's something that nourishes something that satiates right it fills me up something that satisfies something that is uh the bible talks about how how sweet the taste Right, a, sweet is honey. It's a very Augustinian idea, yes, notion. That's exactly right, and 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 you start to start thinking like, well, no, then that makes more sense than something that has like a a short term effect, like right. a well, let's just say a Twinkie. Mm-hmm. Not well, that I've ever had one. A lot of our a lot of our separated <laughs> brothers and sisters, not all of them, but a lot of them have as a major focal point of their faith life is f- waiting for the second coming, looking at times like this that we're in, saying, "Gosh." Hopefully Jesus will come back and fix all of that. Well, within the Catholic context, the parousia, the second coming of Christ, happens at every single Mass. Right. There is an element of that there. Uh, and also, you could also say he's, he's not left. Because yes. He, well, he made, he made the promise, I am with you to the close of the age. I yes. mean, as is at the Great Commission, he actually said, I'm not going anywhere. It's like, then he disappears. And you get to experience that through the sacraments. Yes, and so that's his, his presence is, is made known to us uh, in the breaking of the bread amongst the other sacraments. And so it's a, it's a real way in which we can actually experience the risen Lord in our lives in a most profound and direct way. And so I want to reiterate what we said about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we're fighting the devil who is supernatural, right? Not of this world, and but prince of this world, mm-hmm. right? And so then we, we see that, and then the only way we can battle that is with the supernatural. So if God's divine life is poured into these sacraments... Well, they become the antidote. They become that which empowers us, which raises us up, which which, which guides us, which uh, um, uh, gives us grace, gives us mercy, um, and essentially which heals. All of this is present to us in these sacraments, and that's why we've got those seven sacraments, mm-hmm. all of them. And for people who doubt the presence of the devil and the devil's role in the evils of the world, look at Revelation 12. It doesn't say that Michael kicked out the angels and sent them to hell. They were sent down to earth. Yeah. I mean, 
they're still here. <laughs> so, so as we're talking about this, and, and I just want to re- reiterate, I, I, although I know everyone, we want to do the best we can, et cetera, I, I do encounter people, uh, actually, often in RCIA, I get Catholics that show up who go like, you know, I've never been confirmed. And so there's a part of me that I want to shake them at the collar and say, you, you you're, you're an idiot, you know. Now, I will say this. I've never done that, and I don't want to actually do that. But it always astounds me. Right. Because, you know, I, I, that, why I would never say that to somebody is because I don't ever judge because I was the biggest idiot as a young man ever. And I think if my parents hadn't had me confirmed, I wouldn't have gotten confirmed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So mm-hmm. there's there's a there's a there's a vincible ignorance that comes with a humanity that we can actually fix in RCI. So if you haven't been confirmed, this is like an opportunity for you to stop and think like, you know, that's an important sacrament. And it's so I really need sealed that. with the Holy Spirit? Yes. I mean, it's like, yes, getting whopped upside the head with a, you know, the Holy Spirit. It's like it's a beautiful, beautiful gift that actually transforms us. Because why? This is God's divine life poured into us. Mm-hmm. Right? So confirmation is important. Most people listening to this program have already been baptized. But did you know that you can also revisit your baptism? Every time you dip your hands in the holy water, you're actually, uh, there's a renewal of your baptismal promises that takes place there. Right. Remember the power uh, of your baptism, the calling that came from your baptism. You can remember that uh, with, with the holy water. And then the, the, the frequency with which we avail ourselves of Tom's favorite sacrament. Confession, man. Yeah, this is an all-important one that I think we as Catholics forget to do or don't think it's that important. It's like, well, I like to do a yearly inventory. You know, and It's like, I don't know why Mm-mm. people will put things off, but you know what they do, and that's, that's the nature of the beast sometimes. The reality is we need to get out there, and we need to avail ourselves of all that God wants to give us in these sacraments. You mean Absolutely. we're not supposed to just point at other people and about all the things that they're doing wrong? We should maybe that, look at ourselves? That would not right. be the thing that we want to do, right? <laughs> judge, judge not, right? No, and I get it, and, and uh, the thing is, it's like we need to realize what a great grace we've been given in these sacraments. And we need to understand that and to avail ourselves as much as possible of God's divine life. Because if we want to transform the world, if we want to save the world, we start with ourselves, mm-hmm. right? By allowing ourselves to be transformed by God's divine life. Mm-hmm. It is transformative. It will change everything in our lives. And then let that spread out to our domestic church, to our family, our school of perfection, Right to make us more perfect, make our kids more perfect. How we raise them, what we teach them, all these things—that's what those graces are. And then we can change the world. Amen. Sound good? Yes. All sir. right. Remember those sacraments. And you know what? The mother of the sacraments is Mary, and Mary wants to lead us to her Son, who is the author of all those sacraments. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour, hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.